Yo, 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 it's X. And uh, today, uh, we, there's no Crizzo today. I got to say that. R.I.P. Crizzo. Crizzo's still alive, everybody. Uh, I got my boy, Corey. How are you doing, Corey? Doing good. How's everyone else doing? They'll let you know. <laughs> and today we got our boy Fair Play, man. We love our boy Fair Play. He's gearing up for a fight on the 29th of uh, January, whenever you're watching this, uh, this is January 29th, 2022. Uh, he's actually going into MMA, mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, uh, Fair Play is known for his boxing skills, but, uh, you know, he's getting into the MMA realm. He's been, a, a, hey, Fair Play, how long have you been, you know, officially professional now? Because last time we talked to you, you, you were, you know, gearing up to become a professional fighter. Uh, I say officially not I'm, I'm still still technically amateur until i get into that room. but technically i've been a pro for two months so all right all right all right so yeah fair play uh how you been man how you been oh i've been busy in a good way things have been well just uh you know a lot of moving parts that you can't you can't slack on you know training i know that yeah family all that so, uh, what type of have you been in any fights within the last two months? Like, uh, have they been? I know we talked about we were promoting a, a boxing match prior to or last time we talked to you. Uh, have you done any more boxing? Have you been doing any more, you know, fights just around the country, or have you just been chilling in New Jersey? Uh, I've been pretty stagnant, but uh, you're right. I did do that uh, boxing match as King Walks Boxing (KWBL). They uh they just started a small league. It's like white collar boxing, you know. It's a uh, amateur based. You know, you wear your headgear. You have a certain amount of rounds. Depending on the bout, you you won't wear headgear. But uh, it's like amateur regulated, you know. And uh, they're actually fighting for a title February for them. But uh, at the same time, I might vacate it because I'm going to be going pro for boxing too. So. Word, word, word. Um, you know, uh, since we've seen you last, uh, Corey and, and myself have been going through a Rocky binge. So uh, we've very much enjoyed, the, you know, the films of Rocky. I've never seen like all of them. I've probably seen maybe one of them. I know I've seen Creed, but uh, it's gotten me to think more about fighting and how the aspect of fighting. I know we talked about it in our last podcast, but the how fighting, you know, relates to life. How, how, what do you think about that? Like concept, like, you know, he, Rocky's gone through so much adversity and everything. And then he was able to, you know, take all those punches and all that because he's been knocked out by life, you know? So what are, what are your thoughts on that? I know that's random, but. It, no, it's, it's uh, it makes sense. I mean, it's tough. You can relate a lot of fighting to uh, your actual life. It's just, it depends on the type of person you are. Like you see the best athletes in the world 20 years ago, they were on the streets. Some were living in cardboard boxes, you know? Like Mike Tyson, what was he, what was he when before he met Customato? He was a he was a juvenile yeah. in the city. And then Cus pulled him out and made him the greatest thing in the world because the thing with people in poverty, in my opinion, people in poverty have this grit that people that are given a silver spoon or a gold spoon in their entire life won't understand. Like uh Bernard Hopkins said it perfectly. Like he he fought his entire life on the streets. 
So doing it for money was easy because he even felt it with his opponents. Like he goes the extra round. He goes that he gives the same pace because he's used to that feeling. He's used to fighting for his life. While even though this is a regulated sport and your chances of dying are really small, uh, a, a white collar guy that had everything in, given to him won't have that same feeling because he doesn't know what grit is. He doesn't know what fear is because he was always given everything to him growing up. So he never had to face that adversary. So when you face it in the ring, it'll break you compared to someone else that had less than you. They they'll fight you like a like a savage animal. Right. Right. It's, it's like they got nothing to lose. So it's like, hey, we send in it, you know. Uh, yeah. No, I'd love to hear your insight on that. Like. I think a lot of times I know because I know you you know a lot of you know you know a great history about like a lot of different fighters and stuff like that. So it's, I love hearing uh, when you talk about you know uh, you know people's backgrounds you know fighters backgrounds and stuff like that. So yeah, man, uh, I think that's just such an interesting thing. Like um, I don't think in any other sport. I mean, I guess in other sports, like you know, you're going to have that you know that that certain type of uh, hustle, that certain type of type of you know grind. I know a lot of people overuse that, but there is, in boxing, I feel like it's just like as straight as can be. It's like you're fighting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you could be really nice in basketball and still have that grind, still have that pressure. You know what I'm saying? But and fighting, it's one on one, too. Yeah. Because it's you and the other person. There's no other competition. It's just all you. And like uh, with other any other sport, um, the, one of your biggest opponents is yourself also. Because yeah, that uh, pushing past your limits, that's what you were saying earlier, is a lot going to be a lot easier with someone who was born in poverty over someone who wasn't born. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, also, I mean, I get you can say uh, when because when you're fighting, it's, it's weird. Or not, not even fighting, just any sport in general. You think of things that motivate you, like a lot of fighters and a lot of a lot of sports practitioners and athletes. Like when they're in a competition, you put you, have, you you think like 10 different things in your head. Like my first track meet, I was so concerned about disappointing my coach. I went the extra mile and was able to get first place. No, it's little things like that. Like if you have to find that that motivator, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. if, if you don't have that motivator, you probably you probably won't get that extra kick to, to perform better. Like same as the. Uh, same as like my my uh, second amateur fight. I went from two ten to one sixty eight, but I didn't have the thought process of like, oh, I have to get in this fight. I'm on my own. Like people invested in me. I I don't. It's not about me anymore. So it would be selfish to miss weight. That in my head, that's what I think. Right. So I'm suffering. I'm not suffering for me. I'm suffering because I owe it to the fans. I owe it to my training camp and I owe it to, to my coaches. And especially when I had nothing, like I tell you, it was so bad that I could smell what my neighbor cooked two days ago. That's how heightened my senses were. Like it was bad. Right. So I got in his ring and I gave it to this guy because like, I didn't sacrifice you. Like in my head, I'm like, you're the reason why I'm like this. You're the reason why I'm hurting like this. So I didn't sacrifice and come all this way just to lose so he, he'd have to kill me if he uh if he wanted to win basically you know right so i got a question about that 
Uh, do you do? Do you cut healthy? Would you? Would someone can? If someone was like, oh, that you know, a lot of people say like cutting is like either you do it like the healthy way or you do it like you know, uh, they'll say like it's an extreme. What would you say? Would you say you did it like it? Was it unhealthy? Was it an unhealthy cut or was it healthy? Because I feel like that's such a drastic, you know, that's a drastic shift in weight. Well, like you know, I and I'm I'm not trashing the nutritionists. And the uh, the 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 science behind it, but at the end of the day, your body type will give you that handicap. You know, like I was healthy when I first started; I was doing amazing. I was just like, all right, chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans. You know, good, or chicken and rice and peas. I drink, uh, eat that, and just water the entire week. Lost five pounds. Next week, ten pounds. Then your body just stops. It just holds on to everything and stops. So then I switched to, like, all right, it'll just cut out the meat, just rice or mashed potatoes and water. Lost two pounds. Fight week comes up. Okay, I'm still 10 pounds over and this weight won't leave. So it was just water for three days. Lost five pounds. And then I had the starvation diet. No water, no food for two days up until fight day. So, like, I'll start myself two days straight with no water either. And I lost seven pounds. I was able to hit 168.5, which was because the thing is, when it comes to you can healthily lose weight, but then there's a point to where your body's just going to make a set metabolism. It's like cruise control. It's not going to let you lose anything after that because in my mind, I know it's not my last meal, but my subconscious Every meal is my last meal because it doesn't know what I'm going to eat again. It's right. going to hold on to everything. So eventually, for especially with fighters, they've been uh, talking about in UFC that they might just get rid of like uh, certain uh, regulations with weight. Like if your walk around weight is 200, you're fighting middleweight. You're not cutting all the way down to like featherweight. Right. You know, because to get to these weight classes, you have to starve yourself. There's no way to naturally or healthily lose this weight because your body will make you hold it. Your body's like, oh, we can't lose this muscle. Use everything else you got. And then you're sitting here like, I haven't eaten anything in like two fucking days. And I only lost two pounds. You know, it, it sucks. Like you'll, like you'll see it. If you, you guys know as athletes, especially with wrestlers too, like you're, you drink all this water, you don't eat any food. And your body just holds on to it. Like you'll you'll lose weight phenomenally the first week, and then the second week just holds on to it. it sucks. Man. So yeah, there's science behind it, but at the end of the day, if you go past that uh, that uh, threshold, you have to starve yourself. No matter who it is, no matter your body type, you have to starve yourself. So. Word, word, word. Corey, you got you got anything? Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, I remember in high school, uh, I had like a couple friends in wrestling, and I remember first hearing the stories about them losing weight, uh, and how much weight they lost in just like a day or two, because they would, like you said, star themselves, and like the whole team would just be on treadmill, just going to the yak, and I was, I was like blown away, like, wow, and he was like saying, uh, he lost like five pounds in a day, or like five, ten pounds in a day, I'm like, god damn, man. Cause that's that's like no joke. Once you got to make, uh, you know, on the crew team, uh, I remember one of our teammates tried to or was 
uh, our coaches were making sure he making sure he was um, lightweight, and uh, he was eating cookies on uh, on the bus, and she ran all the way down the bus, uh, snatched that cookie out of his hand. It was funny, man, but it, it's crazy how uh, intense you got to be to really get that weight because you, you can't lose it any any other way uh, any other way else. Yeah, and one thing that's weird, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of giving you insight, fair play on the sport of rowing, is uh, they're starting to take it away, though, now. But uh, originally, like, there was lightweight rowing, and then there's heavyweight rowing. So heavyweight, I think, is after 165 or something like that, and lightweight yeah. was, like, 165. And there were two separate categories, and they raced in different classes. And then, I don't know, nowadays they're kind of, like, getting rid of it. So now it's just kind of like, you know, you are where you're at. So there's a different standard for lightweights. And I mean, there's still universities that have it. Like uh, it's really like the prestigious universities, but um, yeah, we, we understand that whole aspect as well, you know, relating with you and yeah, yeah that's pretty much Corey. We're going to say something else. My bad. Oh no, you, you didn't come y'all. Um, I do want to ask you a question about, I, I think we talked about it from the last interview, but I want to ask you again, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, this new, like, celebrity fighting where it's like you know i guess the best people i could describe is like you know the jake pauls or the logan pauls or you know even like basketball players fight now you know what are your thoughts do you think it's helping grow fighting again like you think it's helping or do you think it's making a mockery or to you know no i'm not even calling them real because they are really boxing but what are your thoughts on that um now, if you asked me that like a year ago, I would give you the same answer everyone gives you, but I might take a little while. This might be a rant. But uh, the thing is, <laughs> sorry. No, it's um, no, we love rants. <laughs> thanks, man. But uh, Jake Paul and Logan Paul, with, and especially the celebrity boxing in general, it it kind of fuels fighters, you know, to do more, because like uh, to work harder. Because first of all, yeah, it's a money fight. You're getting a lot of money fighting these guys. Like, these guys aren't even, like, big names. They're big names somewhere else, but they're not big na names in the fight club, the fight world. But if you get that fight, you're going to get a lot of money. That's Greed motivates them, but also respect motivates a lot of other people. Because, you know, each group does takes, takes disrespect out of it. You know, like, you're talking about some kid that's just rich, is going to jump in and then is schooling all these other guys, these guys that have freaking that, that bled and sacrificed years out of their life to become something great. And you're just going to thrash him, you know, like Ben Askren's net net worth went down when he lost to Jake Paul. Tyrone Woodley's went down twice when he fought Jake Paul. Like, and what gets me about these older athletes though, is when you get good money, you stop being hungry, you know? Yeah, like you forget where where you came from. You forget what you sacrificed to get to where you are now. Like money corrupts, and money basically uh, basically rules the world. Sadly, like you don't see people with grit anymore going up in the height in the height that they did. I, I will say Mayweather was pro and Pacquiao was probably one of the last guys that still stayed the same they were. Like, yeah, Floyd made his money and he, and he got greedy, but every training camp, he trained like it was his first day in the Olympics. He, he always trained hard. He never slacked off. 
Like even even tomato cans he fought, he still trained hard for. Just because there's puncher's chance you can get hits. You know? Yeah. The thing with Jake Paul that that and Logan Paul that kind of uh fuels a lot of blue collar fighters, like sadly, it's gonna take a blue collar to knock one of these guys out. It's not gonna take a white collar. Like like Tyson, he's still the same. Tyson still has the same mindset as he did when he was going up in the ranks. Yeah, he's a little more rowdy. He he does a lot of trash talking, has a dirty mouth at times, but Tyson doesn't let money, you know, uh, persuade him to do anything. Like even Roy Jones, when he fought Roy Jones, he was still trying to kill him. Like, right. yeah, he pulled some of his punches, but he's still moving like he was trying to kill him because at the same time, he's, he's from the streets. He knows where he came from. He's not going to let money corrupt the way he, the way his personality is. So it's going to take a blue collar fighter to knock one of these guys out. Like Ben Askren is not a striker. He took, he took it for the money. We all know he took it for the money. Tyrone Woodley, like you, can, I don't care what anyone says. Like you can say that the fight was fixed. You can say that he purposely let his hands down. But when someone gives you, basically gives you a gift prior to your fight, your anger for them will always decrease. You're like, well, this guy gave me a real squash. Wow, I can't really be mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, like y'all could be talking all this shit, and then he gives you a Rolex watch. That man, that watch could have probably paid for my house. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> nuts. So money corrupts. Like maybe that was his goal. Maybe Jake, that was Jake Paul's goal, you know, kill him with a little kindness at the very end. And then he won't come in with the same amount of hatred he has, you know? I feel so, you on that. Hey, what I, what I, now I'm looking at him, you know, I've been watching too much Rocky. I'm thinking like, all right, hey, fair play is going to be the Rocky. He going to beat, I ain't going to knock Jake Paul out. <laughs> Jake Paul would never fight me, honestly. Like for two reasons: one, I'm not popular enough, and and two, he doesn't want to fight someone his own size. He will never fight someone his level. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree, 100. I'm, I, I just, this is just me going in my head, like, oh, you know, I, I got movies going on in my head all the time. Fair play. <laughs> no, I trust you. Like, it, I'm telling you, the guy that knocks either Paul brother out is going to be talked about for the next five years. What are your thoughts about some of the undercard? I did. The reason why I do ask this question, too, the reason why I ask the question in general, I saw this thing where, you know, there is this woman fighter who was like, you know, I guess she was pretty nice or whatever, and she never really got paid or whatever um, until she was like an undercard for one of them. Do you know what, I, do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, I know. She was the co-main event. The co-main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so, like, what do you think – what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that uh, they can help – I guess my question is, do you think they help bring more viewership to the sport of boxing or bring more viewership? Or, you know, like, it'll see – like, some of those talents could translate – like, they could translate the viewers who just watch it for the celebrity. you think those viewers could go on to really watch, like, real, like, you know, real boxing? Well, I'll tell you the problem with that. The problem is corruption, for one, and it's kind of like teams, you know? You don't want to join or merge teams. Like, right. it's kind of the re- same as politics. Oh, uh, since you're a Democrat, I can't like you. Oh, since you're a Republican, I can't like you. Like, you know, if we all merge together and use all our good ideas and put them together, we can make things work. But the thing is, you have different commissions that 
don't want to merge because they feel they have more jurisdiction over another. Mm, like, okay. for, for example, the Celebrity Boxing Commission could never merge with the WBC because WBC feels that they're they're like they have more stature than them. It's like, oh, you've only been in for three years. We've been in for like 60. What do you know about boxing? You know, they would never right. merge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so like it's always about your team. Like if you don't know everyone has this chip on their shoulder. So that's why the same as belts. Belts fucking suck because they're owned by different commissions. WBC, WBA, uh, IBF, they're all, they don't, they, they would never merge. You can't merge and unify a belt because like a hundred years ago, there was only one belt, one belt. Right. Now, because everyone wants to dab their hands in the pot, there's like eight different belts. And you have to pay sanction fees for these belts because no one wants to merge together. Because if they merge together, fighters are making a lot of more money. Right. But they they divvy it up and they have all these different teams because like, oh, now you have to fight the the Oriental specific belt holder. Oh, now you have to fight the national belt holder. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. Instead of being the best in the world, you're only the best in a region. So that's the only reason why it would never work out, because there's arrogance and there's corruption. If people work together and everyone did merge, it would be a lot more easier. You would have a lot more legit champions and a lot more recognized champions. Like you'll see, if you look at the the lineage of fighters from the 19, I would even say the 1910s all the way up to now, there's probably only one, maybe two belts until you hit the 50s. And then we hit the 60s, there's like three. And then once you hit the 2000s, there's like seven or eight. Like, where the hell did these guys come from? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no. And that I always wonder about that. So I'm like, I thought it was like based off of states or I wasn't sure. Like, so, yeah, yeah, that, that that's really interesting. Uh, Corey, you got anything? Yeah. You think that uh, could ever revert back to a smaller or not smaller, but like, having like less uh, belts again thing that could ever happen again uh it all depends on who's in charge all yeah. depends on who's in charge. like i'm not saying never say never but it's like a one percent chance you got greedy corrupt officials which every i don't care you could be the most honest guy in the world but everyone has a little corruption in them you know like yeah. someone would never throw away a whole legacy to merge with someone else. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. One- that, that happens. Uh, that's a pattern that happens in a lot of uh, different areas in the world today. Like like uh, entertainment, like you're ta- talking about entertainment that goes with uh, like big business. I mean, pretty much that, like sales. Yeah, because you're talking about this guy that like I put all this effort to get to the top just to merge and become a vice president again. No, I'm not doing that. I'm staying on the top. Things like that, you know? You just need a lot of modest people to get on top. And sadly, if one modest person makes it, the other two aren't going to want to do it because they're they're going to have that chip on their shoulder. Right. I said every president of these commissions just said, "Hey, guys, let's just get together and work this out." They all have to be modest. For that to happen, they all have to be modest. It's not going to happen. Yeah, if only it was that easy. Yeah, right? 
It's good. It looks good on paper, but actually happening is possible. So fair play. We talked about some of your, you know, favorite fighters of all time, and I loved your insight on it. Like I think I repeated that earlier uh, in this, you know, update. But uh, are there? You want to like inform us on any other fighters? Maybe some unsung fighters. Maybe some fighters that you just know, like offhand, that like I don't think most people would know. Do you have any other like you know hidden gems? I guess I'll put it like that. You guys keep on giving me questions with that. I feel like I'm hogging all the freaking airtime here because you ask these good questions. Hey, no, uh, this is what it's for. This is exactly <laughs> what it's for. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, a lot of fighters that people don't really remember because it sucks because boxing is probably one of the oldest, other than wrestling, it's probably one of the oldest combative sports, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are uh, the, the, the fighters that have like 200 fights, 100 fights kind of get swept away because you got these new prodigies coming up. But uh, modern, modernly, there's a lot of guys I like. There's, there's uh, well, Mayweather just left. Pacquiao, he retired. Now, I like Vasily. I like uh, uh, Jorge Linares. He's good. Uh, the guy that just won the title against uh, Tiafima Lopez, Cambosa, he's pretty freaking good. I like him. Uh but no, a lot of old guys that people never heard of. I like Jack Johnson. I like uh, Jim Jeffries. That, that he lost that lost to him to get the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't remember him either. Uh, Willie Pep, he was a good one. Ezra Charles, that's where James Tony got his shoulder roll, and that's where Floyd Mayweather perfected it. He started the shoulder roll. No one really really remember. Uh, the shoulder roll because Ezra Charles is one that made the idea. And then James Tony would watch his old fights. That's why no one could always hit James Tony. And then Floyd and Roger, his father and his father ended up uh, adopting the Philly shell off mm. of that technique. Like a lot of people don't remember that, but that's, that's really the main reason you're talking about a technique from 70 years ago. Yeah, that was crazy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You think uh, you think like taking inspiration from like, you know, older fighters, do a lot of other fighters do that or do like, is that like commonplace or is that like uncommon? No, no, like I'll, I'll be, uh, it's very uncommon. I'm, I'm be honest with you and probably giving up my secrets for my fights now, but let's not I'll, do that. <laughs> no, no, it's perfectly fine because explaining it, people still don't see it. So my old style of fighting, people find unpredictable because everyone threw away the old textbook style. Now everything's about modern day fighting, you know? And it's kind of recycling self. You'll see the era of recycling. People are going to start using old tactics again because it's working against the guys that are fighting modernly that forgot about them. Like I was in training camp uh, striking the other day and I used the old textbook rolling the fists. But I don't do it, I don't telegraph it, but like I do it in a sense of feints and just the style looks unpredictable. Like you don't know when I'm going to strike or what I'm going to strike. And right. people are saying like, I've never seen that before. What's that? It's like, oh, that's a style that's been used a hundred years ago. And mm-hmm. I've done it against pro pro boxers and I keep catching them with it because they've never seen it before. Because right. a lot of these camps thinking it's always about, it's about this style, it's about this style but they forget about the roots of it. Like I tell you, I, I was fighting like a 1910s boxer 
and I was landing punches. Mm. That's dope. So, like, do you, um, do you, like, have uh, in the back of your head, like, modern and uh, past, um, like, uh, skills to, like, keep yourself unpredictable? Is that, like, your main goal to stay unpredictable in the ring? Yeah, that's my main goal. Because I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a type, what, when it comes to the type of fighting I do, I don't fight on, like, technique is very important. Technique is extremely important. Endurance is extremely important. But I don't fight based on doing steps by steps and staying technical all the time. Like, my style is very whimsical, you know? Like, I'm a jack of all trades, but I'm not a master of anything, you know? Mm. Like, I'll take little snippets of what everyone else has and merge together into a more practical version. So, like, I know how, I know what a basic jab looks like, but now... I'm doing a jab in my style to make up for what an actual jab is supposed to be because everyone knows what a jab is and you see it coming. But if I throw a jab in an awkward way, though it might be slightly slower, it'll catch you because you've never seen it before. Like if you look at my fight with Showtime, you can you can see that. Like my my jab is very unorthodox. My my peekaboo style, no one uses anymore. Like everyone uses the modern version of it. But the fact that my hands are tilted in, you can't see my jab. My hands are like this. You can see my jab because you'll see my shoulder move. Right. That's why Tyson was able to catch a lot of people because he had his face in, get his thumbs in. Like even trainers, like his trainer would have him fight with his thumbs in his mouth so he can keep his hands up like that. Interesting. That, that is really fascinating. Uh, like, honestly, um, my question right. to you is, so how does this work with the MMA? And we'll talk about this. You got to, you, once again, you got to fight January 29th, 2022. What, what are, what are your thoughts about it? And how did you get into it? Like, yeah, I mean, that's the real question. Well, uh, I'll tell you the truth. The thing is, but the guy I'm fighting, he has a lot of, he, he has a, he has experience. He's the, he has four MMA fights three wins one loss and uh he uh he has skill and he has experience but he's in virginia too but the thing is no one else wanted to fight this guy and win or lose i want to i want to come out because i know i owe the fans this fight i've been fighting for a while and i feel like i've been getting so much retinue for doing nothing you get what i'm saying no i get you i owe them this fight and I want to jump back into it because I don't want to ring rust either. I don't want to get that because I hate getting that nervous feeling when the bell rings and I'm like a deer in headlights. Like people say like, oh, you're so confident in the ring. But really, I'm scared every time freaking fight starts. I'm scared for my freaking life. But mainly with the 29th, though, is it's my pro, it's my pro debut debut. But I'm still an amateur. Like I'm a, I'm a I'm an amateur fighting a pro. You get what I'm saying? No, yeah. I understand that. Yeah, that's pretty. That, yeah, let's go. Hey, I know, I know. You, I, I get that. I and I get that. I feel like every athlete that's had that, uh, you know, experience. Um, I know my coach used to do for us in uh, high school. Actually, he had us race the best of the best when we were novices. So we would always be like, "Yo, we could win this race against other freshmen. Why are you not putting us?" And he's like, "Nah." <laughs> and we get our we would get our asses handed to. I'm not saying that you get your ass handed to, 
but it just it's like iron sharpens iron and it's got to happen. So for you to take this leap into this guy who's already had some MMA fights on his belt, this is this is great. And um, I, I know you I know you're doing it for the fans, but I feel like for yourself as well, I feel like this is going to be a, an amazing opportunity. man. So, you know, we wish you well, bro, 100 percent. And uh, you, if you got anything else, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, enlighten us on anything else, or if you got anything else you want to shout out, please do. Unless Corey has a question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, I'll just add to that. Like, I'm excited for this. This is, this is like something cool to see uh, you, like, you know, make some steps, man. Like, it, I'm, I'm excited for this fight. Yeah, I mean, that's – listen, I'm excited for it. I'm gladly taking my time with it because – I bet. <laughs> the reality sunk in, like, dude, I'm actually fighting a pro. Fighting a pro for athlete right here. Got something you got to sit down and, like, rationalize real fast. Like, yeah, your nerves are saying, like, dude, you're crazy. What what are you doing? Then at the same time, the excitement is hitting me. Like, this is, this is the fight. This is the make or break. And at the same time, it's not about winning or losing to me. It's about performance. If I put on a good fight, regardless winning or losing, I mean, people will like that. People like, hey, I want to see this guy again. I don't care if he lost. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I understand. Oh, dude, dude, we're excited for you, man. I, I yeah, like. So I, well, I was just gonna say, what's what's the family reactions? Uh, it's it's a little it's a little tough, mm -hmm. but uh, they 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 support me the whole way. At the end good, of the day, good. they uh they're they're good. They've always been good to me, and they support me the whole way. Yeah, one hundred. But uh, I like I said, my training has been very consistent i even see my body changing again like i'm getting back into my old amateur body and i was like this is wow. like bring like brings memories brings like a, a throwback you know because i was I never shape before i've been in this good shape in like five years uh how so, can oh sorry oh no go ahead man i was gonna ask so how can can people watch this or is this like how, how does that work now what sucks about it though is it's an early promotion. Uh, it's a it's a just starting promotion, so it's all going to be walking. It's person. It's in person only. But I'm gonna see if I can get a live stream going, and I'm also gonna see if I can get the fight videotaped. Because if okay. they don't video fight and I can't buy a copy, I'll just videotape it, and then uh, I'll post it on my channel. Word, word, word. Let's shout out your channel. Let's shout out your Instagram. Let's get you shouted out. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, my channel is The Fair Player on YouTube. It's uh, Now it's a little more popular because people are, are subscribing. I appreciate all the support, everyone. And uh, my Instagram is fairplay underscore 2496. I'll be consistent with the training. I'll keep it posted, keep my reels up because uh, I want to stay consistent because I owe it to you guys. I owe it to everyone, so. Hey. Fair play. Corey's getting a little Corey's getting a little nice now at the interviewing. Since last time you saw him, you know, that was his first ever interview. And now, you know, he's doing all right. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. He's 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 doing better. Don't you what'd you say? <laughs> a wee bit. <laughs> a wee bit better. <laughs> well, you guys always y'all y'all always come on. Y'all come on as a as amazing hosts every time. So like I said, I, I appreciate the invite. I appreciate y'all having me on overall. Appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, dude. And we appreciate you, bro. For you. 
Oh yeah, yo, we were, we're some of your biggest cheerleaders, both uh, probably physically and you know, just you know, <laughs> you know, just. <laughs> hey, it means a lot, man. Seriously, I mean, like I said, it's it's not even though it's a one on one. It's like I said, it's not just me in the fight. Like I, I get you get hit, you get knocked out. That's your subconscious telling you to shut down. But I'm not gonna have ever have quit in my heart because at the end of the day, I think of you guys. I think of my corner. I think of my coaches. I think of everyone that got me to where I am today. Like, because it's not about me anymore. It's about everyone else. So quitting is is selfish. I would never quit. Word, word, word. Well, stay hard, my friend. Quoting David Goggins there. Uh, stay hard. Keep it up. Fair play. The 29th of January, fair play, has his first uh, MMA fight. Uh, Corey, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Yeah, give him a hell of a show, man. Give him a hell of a show. Gonna have one, to. 100, 100. Well, it's been What's Out with our boy Fair Play. Thank you, Fair Play. We out. Peace. Be safe. Be safe.